Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And then I um, I remember when I got in there, like there was this moment where I was, I was going to drop the line. And I remember being like, like you're just supposed to look at your paper. That's what everyone tells yeah. you to do. You hold the sides and you look at the paper. And there are ways to do that where it doesn't look like you're like really deeply affecting the scene but i just i i froze and i refused to look at the paper hello world and welcome back to another episode of thanks for coming in i'm your host jillian claire If this is your first time tuning in, this is the show where I speak to fellow actors about their journey and I make them share some audition stories with me. If you're not already subscribed to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us some love in the form of rates and reviews. They help us a lot, so do that. As you may have noticed, we did not have an episode last week. Uh, We are moving to bi-weekly episodes. My schedule has gotten a little crazy. I also started grad school, Uh, so it is bi-weekly here now. All right, folks, let's get to the show, shall we? Today we have Catherine Lidstone. She's a friend of mine, a fantastic actress, a fantastic person, um, and she's also in union service with me, so that's freaking awesome. Uh, We had a great conversation, and she is so bright, so intelligent, lovely, and I am so blessed to know her, and it was a joy to have her on this week. So here's my conversation with Catherine. And welcome to the show, my dear friend, Catherine. Hi, Jillian. How are you? I'm I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm so stoked to have you on. Um, I have adored getting to know you over the past couple of years. Is it years? I don't know anymore. I think so. I could be. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. But um, I'm very excited to have you on and talk to you about all things acting and union and life and fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excited to be here. That's a, there's a lot of things we could talk about, certainly. <laughs> so many things. Um, uh, well, the first thing I always like to ask my guests is um, a very important question, and it really kicks us off here, which is, why did you want to become an actor? Oh my gosh. I thought you were going to be jokingly like, chocolate or vanilla? <laughs> that would have been way easier in retrospect. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Got to go for the hard hitting one first. Getting in right into the soul of it. Yeah. So this is a beautiful question and I'm sure I've told this story a million times. There are like two aspects to this story. The first, I don't recall because I was a toddler, but apparently my mother tells me, and this is not someone who like encouraged me to do this with my life, but she tells me that when I was three, 
I pointed at the television one day and I was like, I'm going to be in there one day. And she was like, it was a scene of a bunch of lawyers sitting around like a conference table in a boardroom meeting. And she's like, oh, you mean you want to be a lawyer and like go to a boardroom? And I was like, nope, in the TV. (laughs) That's her story. And I forgot about that. I don't remember doing any of that. But um, when I was 11, I heard about this thing called community theater or regional productions. And I had like a cousin who was auditioning and I was like, I want to check that out. Like that sounds really fun. And so I just like learned a few songs. I had, I had like learned to sing watching the sound of music and just like repeating what all the singers were doing. And so I just brought, I think it was the Hills are alive was my audition song. And I uh, ended up getting into the vocal underscore for the, I think it was the, the, Wizard of Oz, maybe. Um, and I was the youngest person by like 16 years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't believe I was there. I was like, these are all look at all these adults around me. Um, but it was so much fun. And then I got to play a jitterbug and it just sort Cute. of opened the doors. I know for like what this whole business is. And of course, that was like the rosy glasses phase where you just think everything's amazing. And I, I just fell in love with it. And uh, nobody in my family had ever done anything like that. So for us, it was always like, okay, good. You stay in school, you get great grades, you go to a great school, you get a great job and you can do this on the side. Like this is a fun hobby for you. <laughs> so that was just, that was my MO the whole time. I was just like, this is a fun hobby. And I just remember my favorite people in the theater were like 40 something year olds who had families and they were like full-time engineers or had real jobs that they would still just come to the theater four days a week to rehearse and two days or three days a week to perform just because they loved it so much. And I was like, these people are amazing. Like, mm. how could they How could they do all that? But um, yeah, I just fell in love at a very young age and went through a lot of journeys of figuring out that I could do this as a profession. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love that answer. Um, that, is a, that is a very solid answer. I just, I can picture you as a tiny little toddler sitting there mm-hmm. watching the television. It's very... Um, <laughs> Very like Willy Wonka of you, like Mike TV being like, I need to be in the TV. You're so right. That's a gr- I should, we should do like a parody sketch of three year old Catherine doing yes. that <laughs> with a cane and like yes. chocolate on the back. Yes. <laughs> but like it should be, what's that one show where they like pretend to be children, but they're full adults? Like it needs to be that. <laughs> oh my, oh yes, yes. That's, that's brilliant. Oh, that's what right. we need to do. That's We're going to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're okay. going to do it. <laughs> So tell me then what it was like for you figuring out that it can be a profession, because this is not something that a lot of people will actually try to follow um, as <laughs> yes. a profession. And those of us who do, I think, are certifiably insane. Um, I know. I, I love I, it. But like, I, I think we're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I just every day I'm in this, I'm like, man, if I knew what this was when I got into this, there's no way I would yeah. do this. Yeah. <laughs> It's brutal. It's so brutal what we have to do every day. Um, I think my journey was like, I'm going to go get a regular degree. I was thinking doctor, lawyer. And I went on that path and I I was like volunteering at the hospital and I volunteered at a law firm and nothing just like felt perfect, you know, and it was, Mm. it all felt fun. And I was learning a lot and I had this, you know, amazing biology teacher. We got to dissect like 14 animals in one year. And I got to see the inside of how their bodies work. And I was like, Oh, I want to be a surgeon. This is amazing. And I, yeah. And I was like watching house at the time. So I was like, this is, we gotta, this is great. Um, but I think what happened for me was like, 
I, I, I went through the real world journey and I kept hitting walls. Like I was very unhappy. I was stressed out in college. I was pretty much miserable. And the only thing that brought me joy was like senior year of college. I auditioned for a bunch of plays and I got into one of them and it was a senior thesis project. And I got to play this like beautiful role. I still, I'm like looking at the bookshelf where I have the play, still all my notes, all my whatever. It's called Wonder of the World. It was by David Rabe. And I got to play this suicidal alcoholic woman who was like ready to throw in the towel on her marriage, on her life. And uh, it's a raucous comedy. The whole thing is absolutely hysterical. And I just like found my wings back on stage and realized like, this is much more of what I feel like my soul is called to than anything else I've ever done. And I, I fortunately built relationships with my theatrical professors and I just offered to do whatever to stay involved in their program because it was too late for me to major in it. And so they were like, well, we have this summer repertory theater company and you can come and stage manage and understudy for us. And I was like, yes, I will do that. I will do whatever it takes to stay close to this. <laughs> and that was my first job in the business. And I, yeah. we were, learning how to run the light, the light board. We were doing like, we were up in the graft, like trying to reinstall lights when they would, it was, it was a great experience. It took you through every aspect of building a theater and it, we got to perform at the Atlantic stage too. So yeah. it was just a fantastic experience all around. And, and I, you know, it's like 17 hour days at the theater. Yep. I would work like a 6 a.m. shift at Starbucks like, <laughs> in New York, serving New Yorkers their coffee in the morning. It was horrific, but oh my I learned God. a lot. And so that was sort of the bridge for me. It was like, wow, people do this. They do, they just do this. And like that job led to another job, which led to another job. And then I got a manager and it was just, everything sort of started to piece together. And my, my journey kind of ended up in LA where I just felt like while I still felt like I could tell stories. It would be fun to tell them on camera. And, you know, the LA is like a young and beautiful town. So it's like, mm -hmm. if you don't get in young, it feels like you can't, you can't go forever. But I, but that's not true. I, I know of plenty of people who have started as adults and they love doing it and they have a really nice nest egg because they worked other jobs first. Yeah. And that's a luxury I didn't have when I got into this, but uh, yeah, I think anything's possible and it's really just what brings you the most joy and feels like you're fulfilling your purpose. Mm. So true. <laughs> it's like a hard pill to swallow, right? Because it's like you gotta, you gotta do what fulfills you. And, um, mm -hmm. sometimes that thing can be very difficult and like drag you through the mud. Uh, yes. <laughs> and yet we're still here. Um, we're still here doing it. We love it so much. Yes. <laughs> crazy again I will say yeah. it um so LA you said you know you want to be out here for theatrical work um did you have family out here did you have connections Girl, out here what did you do? I came out here with a suitcase I just I had one friend from college who was here and was like hey before you sign a lease in New York I think you should just check it out I've met a lot of artists out here I think you would love it and so I took the leap of faith and I was like I found this like insanely priced ticket it was like a 99 dollar ticket one way from new york to la and i was like wow it's so Whoa. cheap if i hate it i'll just come back and it's like tickets i've never found a 99 dollar no. ticket ever no. since no <laughs> they don't so exist just, you gotta call those god moments because yeah. it's like i wouldn't have done it otherwise and it was so affordable and i was like all right let's just do this let's see what's going on and i you know i had studied abroad in college i went to spain and it was such a beautiful season of my life where 
that kind of ties into back to the calling thing. Cause like I was working at an NGO and I was going to school and I was learning Spanish and all this stuff. And I would walk by this theater every single day. And I just felt this like urge to go into this theater and be like, hi, like, can I act for you guys? And I just talked myself out of it because I was like, what are the odds they're going to need like an English speaking American who's learning <laughs> Spanish to play some random role? Like, yeah. that's just ridiculous. So I just focused on my studies and, and figured out my semester. But when I got back to campus senior year, that's when I was like, I have to do this. So I'm going to talk to whoever I can and figure out how to do it. Um, but I just, I think when I set foot in LA and I saw the first day in LA, cause I actually landed at night and, and like four of our friends, like these artists in the community who I hadn't even met yet came out in the car and like, we all picked each other up together. It was crazy. Oh. And so it was just such a welcome crew. And, um, and then I, I got to know them and I, I remember the first day in LA, I just looked around and I was like, I found the American Spain. Like the oh. landscape here was is just so reminiscent of where I had been already. And I was like, this is like peace and freedom and joy. New York is just like, there's no privacy. You're just running mm-hmm. around. There's all these people everywhere you go. And in LA, it was like, there was like one neighbor down the street with their dog <laughs> and like palm trees and sunshine. And I was like, this is pretty good. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice departure from the city streets. Yeah. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. <laughs> We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And back to the show. So then, like, how did you how did you start your L.A. career? What was the first step for you? I mean, you came out here with a suitcase. Did you cold call people? Yeah, I had. So I had a a manager in New York and people called me crazy for leaving my manager. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but he's only gotten me like one thing in three months. And like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm supposed to go just exploring and I'll figure it out. If it doesn't work, I'll come back, whatever. Um, but I just ended up doing sort of what he was doing. He was religiously submitting me as far as I knew for things, but I was very green. So it was probably hard to get me meetings. And, um, I remember the weekend I was leaving, he got me an audition for a local show and I was like, I'm leaving. Like now you get me this epic audition. Anyway. So I just, I, I was a great audition. I had a great time. Uh, that role didn't work out, but I remember that casting director was lovely. And, um, I, I just, I got to LA and I started submitting on the breakdowns. They were public free mm-hmm. breakdowns as Actors Access and all these other, you know, LA casting, casting networks, whatever. And I just started submitting three times a day. I was like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I was submitting on the, on the breakdowns and I would just get jobs. Like it was a ton of non-union jobs. And um, 
I ended up meeting a great, great colleague who played my father in a staged reading for Equity. Mm. And he said to me, you know what? He just came in one day and he's like, I recommended you to my manager. And I, and I had been working with all these other actors and artists and like, we were all on the journey together. We were all trying to get reps. Some of them had reps. Nobody ever offered to do anything like this. And mm-hmm. I didn't ask people because I was like, didn't want to make them, put them in a weird spot. So this was just another God thing. I was like, just this guy's just like, yep, I just, you're, she's interested in you. And now do you want to take a meeting? And so that was my first manager. And then that kind of helped me pick higher quality jobs or more union jobs to audition for. And it just became, yeah, I don't know. It's just been like a roller coaster, you know? You, It was just, really, it's just auditions, auditioning nonstop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For a decade. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That, um, I do it. <laughs> that's like a pretty remarkable thing that that colleague did for you, though, because... I know. It's, um, I feel like when you ask, when one actor asks another actor for, you know representation advice or to introduce somebody to their reps it's like so like taboo for some reason it's like I know. we're all terrified of losing our representation so we can't actually help other actors because <laughs> what if like they like that person then I'm not booking so then they drop me because I took another person it's it's just like this weird mindset that we all have I feel like with with representation in that facet so that's so yes. cool that that colleague was like, yo, I got you a manager. <laughs> I, know, I know. I was like, what? This is crazy. And I remember the manager took the meeting and was like, look, I think you're great and you have a lot of potential, but you need a, you need a reel. You need a tape, anything you can send me that's on camera. Yeah. I can't sign you without that. And I was like, okay. So I had just <laughs> shot this short film and I was like, Dude, is that, is that footage available for that guys? Like, can I get a copy of it? And they sent me everything and I sent it to her and she was like, okay, let's do this. So it was wow. just like a series of amazing timing, fortunate events that, you know, that's what I hear everybody say when they talk about like their time in the business is like all this luck that comes in. I call those blessings, but yeah, it's just, it's been an interesting ride. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, what was like the first thing that you booked as a full-time professional actor that you were like, oh man, this, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I know that I'm on the right path now. Ooh, you know what? I think the first like major credit was Weeds. Nice. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was just a guest star with Hunter Parrish um, and a guy named Ben. I forget his last name, but we, I think both of us were day players. And Hunter was, you know, we just had a great time on set. I, I just remember like that show was obviously so popular at mm-hmm. the time. And I was like, this is crazy. Like I like screamed when my manager told me on the phone. I was like, I was, and she told me at the time, or at some point around that season, she was like, you're my favorite person to tell that you have a booking because it's like a party every single time. Yes. Because everything was so new and I was fresh and I like, this was like so exciting. So that was probably like the first one where I was like, wow, this is like a legit show. I had to go onto a studio lot to audition for this. And that was a crazy audition story. I remember I had been in all these acting classes and everybody told me the rules and like what you have to do, what you can never do. And mm-hmm. all these policies of how to audition. And you're, you know, you're trying to be a good actor, you're trying to memorize the policies and understand. But really, truly, the, the fact of auditioning is that you're doing it so frequently with such disparate people. Everyone has their own taste. Everyone mm-hmm. has things that piss them off and make them happy. And you're just never going to please everybody if you try to follow these acting teachers' rules. And so that's not to slam any acting class. I think acting classes are very helpful, especially for someone like me who is so green into the business. But I, 
I just remember that audition shattered every single thing I was taught. Mm. Like they, they, and I, I wish I wrote all this down because there were so many lessons. I remember this was a story I used to tell people. I was like, don't worry. When you go to that audition, <laughs> you just do whatever you want. And it's because like when I got there, um, other girls were wearing, you know, certain size heels or whatever. And I was thinking to myself, Oh, I'm the only one wearing this size heel. But I had looked up the other actor that I was supposed to play opposite. And we, you know, I was matching our heights. And I was like, well, I don't want to be taller than him or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just remember like dressing a certain way. And then I was like, Okay, I'm not going to worry about what they're wearing. I'm going to worry about what I'm doing. And it's fine. (laughs) So and then I, um, I remember when I got in there, like, there was this moment where I was I was going to drop the line. And I remember being like, like, you're just supposed to look at your paper. That's what everyone t- tells yeah. you to do. You hold the sides and you look at the paper. And there are ways to do that where it doesn't look like you're, like, really deeply affecting the scene. But I just, I, I froze and I refused to look at the paper. <laughs> and it, and the line just came to me, but it took an eternity for the line to come to me. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and what was amazing about it was in the scene, there's this moment of shock where she's, like, basically being pretty friendly with this guy Hunter's character and then her boyfriend comes in and sees it and is like what are you doing and he is Hunter's boss and so oh no I I think it was just a miracle that I dropped the line because I just remember being like that was such a long moment and I feel like nobody would have extended it that far like I think the the producers were amazed and loved it and at the very end of my audition I was like sorry. <laughs> and they were like, what are you? No, what are you apologizing about? So I was like, I did everything wrong. Like I showed up there, like dropped a line, apologized for my acting. And then I booked the job. So yeah, it's, I just think we worry about so many things that are really not important to worry about. And that was just a great, you know, guest star credit that ended up, I'm sure helping me get into other rooms. And mm-hmm. it was so much. And they, they actually tried to bring me back multiple times, but I don't think the timing worked out because that was their final season. Mm. And they only had like two or three episodes left. So I think they were trying to make it work and they were like, Ooh, what, what kind of fun storyline could we go here? And then they just had to focus on, you know, what they had already been probably building before I showed yeah. up. But it was a really, really cool experience. Oh, and then I remember fun. I got to fist bump Kevin Nealon on the way out. That was like nice. the highlight of the whole. Yeah, <laughs> that would like, be good. I just fist bumped a legend. So yeah, obviously I'm, I've made it. <laughs> I'm going to pack up my bags. I can go home. Yeah. I've accomplished I what I needed back. to accomplish. Yeah. <laughs> Tell mom and dad I did a, a great thing here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. You know, it makes me miss um, in-person auditions. I just... Yeah. I, I love them. so special about them. I know, I know. I do. I like connecting with people. I like mm-hmm. I like being able to ask questions. I yes. I like those moments of dropping the line or, like, accidentally, <laughs> like, not remembering what you're supposed to do next because I just think it's more authentic than you know the the robotic way people do (laughs) self-tapes these days and it's like I know I want the human experience I want you to like Mm -hmm. drop your line halfway through laugh it off and say (laughs) can we start again like show me that you're a good you know actor in that sense too like right you can deal with crisis on on set and in production yeah for sure it's not like this just polished version of a self-tape that you've done you know maybe for the last hour and sent in the best take like (laughs) I just don't know it's just it's so nice 
that human element is really, really something special. And the truth is, that's what we do. Like when right. we go on sets, you're not recording your thing in a little room alone and mm-hmm. then everybody sees it later. It's like, no, there's 150 people on set. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're a big, I, I like to say we're a traveling circus, but <laughs> other people. I think that's solid. I, other people are normal. But yeah. <laughs> I don't think either side of the screen is very normal, so it's okay. Yeah, okay, it's perfect. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> It's true though, you know, it's like, um, it's, I think when you book things off of self-tape and I know I remember my, my manager, an old manager of mine telling me this at one point that like, she had known people to actually lose jobs once they got on set because they had booked it as a self-tape and it's like, they, the people who hired them didn't know how they would be in person, didn't know their aura, didn't know you know, how they would handle themselves on set in like, you know, certain situations. And so like, I know it happens. And for our entire industry to be like hinged on self tapes now is just, I know it's so bonkers. (laughs) And I want to go back to 2019. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we should go back. That'd be good. We could go back. Let's go back. Uh, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about, um, your current and new things going on. Uh, you're on like the, one of the biggest shows in America right now called The Chosen. And I think probably like in the world. I think it is. It's like an international sensation. It's, we're all amazed. I think I just heard (laughs) this that it was like, there's 200 million people who have seen our show. That's crazy. I'm like, that's incredible. Like, can it, could it get any better? I, I don't know. Um, but I, so that's been a really, really fun ride. I started with them a couple of years ago. I think my first episode aired, uh, like Christmas of last year Mm. and everyone is so excited. We've got, we just did our premiere. That was like amazing. We all had an amazing time on the teal carpet and they're just, it's such a unique show. It's just unique in the way they funded it. It's a unique in the way they distribute it. It's unique in how they do their carpets. Like everything is so different and mm-hmm. um it's it's been a really beautiful journey for me personally to join that show I remember like I ran into a friend of mine who was hiking who had already been cast in it when the, when it first happened and I was just like oh my gosh that show sounds incredible he's like I don't know we don't know where it's gonna go it's just this like low budget show coming out of Texas like we're just we're figuring it out we're giving it a try I don't know <laughs> like, well that's super exciting and uh and so then I sort of tried to target it and have been fortunate to be able to be on it so yeah, I just I'm really excited. The season is going to come out. Uh, the entire season four is coming out in theaters. They're releasing on February first, February fifteenth, I think, and then February 29th. and that's all eight episodes. And my character will be joining uh, the storyline in the second release theatrically. So February fifteenth, you can look out for that. And I think they have already the tickets are on sale internationally. So. Wow. Yeah, check your dates internationally. I think I gave you the American <laughs> dates. But um, yes, very exciting times for sure. It's it's absolutely wild to watch this uh, journey of the show because I yeah. I remember <laughs> like Sean posting about it a couple of years ago and, and being like, what is, what is this thing you're on? And yeah. I remember <laughs> like literally last year, I think it was last April, I was on a flight to Nashville to see some friends and I look over and it's Sharma's face in The Chosen. And these people are watching it next to me. And I'm like, <gasps> what's going on with this show? Like, why is it everywhere all of a sudden? And oh it's just, gosh. 
it's wild to me that the creators and the producers and everybody involved in it have found a way to not only get a show on network television that has been produced independently, but then also release it in theaters. It's just, Mm. it, it, it kind of breaks all industry standards in that fashion. And it's wild to watch. That's what I'm amazed by is like this path. They've, I, I feel like, yeah, it's just completely unique. Everything about it is, so fun. Just, it's just doing its own thing. So. It is. It is. It's doing <laughs> its own awesome. thing. Um, well, yeah. everybody needs to watch it and catch up if they haven't, because it's a fantastic show. Um, yes. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, normally I would ask you to share an audition story. Now you've shared the weeds one. Uh, I did. But do you yeah. have another one up your sleeve that you want to want to hit the Ooh. audience with? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking about... <laughs> um. I was, oh gosh, there's a couple. I here's So here's another one. This is another project that's actually coming up. Okay. And I remember I like had been invited to travel internationally earlier this year. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to go to South Africa. This sounds so exciting. And I had uh, some spiritual mentors that are out there that mm. I was like, oh my gosh, this would be incredible. I'll get to meet them while I'm there. I, can, I have a, a colleague who, or actually it's a family member who has a colleague who has like a safari there. And I was like, this is going to be, this is going to be an incredible trip. Let's do this. Let's just do this. I can't Take wait. me next time. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Please. So then, I, <laughs> so I get to go and, and it's of course a gorgeous country and I have a wonderful time and everyone there was so hospitable. All my friends who invited me and, and uh, provided for me while I was there. It was a really special time. And um, I just, I got this audition. It was like one of the first nights that we were there. And I was like, guys, I'm booked out. Like I'm literally in a different country right now. Can we not do that? Like, I just, I got stuff to do. What's going on here? And then, you know, I, I, I just am, I, if it's a great story or if it's, I don't know, it's hard for me to turn it down. And so I was like, all right, I'm just, I'll just do this thing. Like I was like, all right. So so I asked my friend who's not an actor to help me shoot it. And of course now he has to take time out of his day to help me shoot it. And so, so he does, and we have a great time shooting it. And it's like, a, it's like several takes and I'm like coaching him what to do. Cause he's the reader and doesn't, you know, he's never done this before. Poor guy. And he really did a beautiful job and I'm so grateful to him um, because for putting up with the whole process. Cause I'm sure it was very annoying and not fun for him at all. And, um, but he was supportive and he was like, no, I think you should do it. And I was like, okay, 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 I'll do it. So we did it together. We submitted the tape. I forgot about it. Then we went out. We had a great time. You know, we were meeting up with his friends and other people and just having a lovely evening and a lovely journey out there and going on hikes and all kinds Mm. of wonderful things. And then I hear back, they're like, oh, hey, great. So, um, you know, my agent's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to close the deal without you having to like do another tape or or the Zoom audition or whatever. I was like, wait, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Just the logistics of that would be an absolute nightmare. 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 (laughs) So if we could figure this out, that'd be great. So they figured it out and then they put in the offer and they were like, great, you booked the job. You have to fly back a week early from your trip. And I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, I have all these appointments I've made while I'm here. Like I've got to rearrange this whole schedule to get to the table read. And so I, I guess that's just a crazy story of like, sometimes you think like it's a hassle and it's a burden and it's a stress, 
but it could lead to such incredible things. Yeah. I, that job we shot last spring and it's coming out this Easter for Easter. It's an Easter family film. It's called oh. 47 days with Jesus. And it's going to be my first film ever in theaters. Oh my gosh. So like I I've been in theaters for smaller theatrical releases yeah. here and there, but this is like going to be released nationally. It's, it depends on the demand in each area, but yeah. It's like, imagine if I just was like, no, I'm on vacation. I'm not doing that on So true. <laughs> what a sad, what a miss that would have been. So wow. this is pretty cool. I'm, I'm very excited about it. And uh, yeah, I think tickets are on sale for that on January 26th. And um, so that might have, I don't, depending on when this comes out, that might already have happened. I don't no know. <laughs> I don't do but, math in public. I'm sorry. <laughs> tickets are on sale now, either way. And yeah. Uh, uh, that's yeah, that's and if your theater isn't hosting it, we're encouraging everybody to just call your local theater and let them know about the success of the chosen because two chosen leads are going to be in this movie as the oh, leads. Wow. It's Yoshi Barigas and myself. Um, and yeah, super exciting and that a little reunion. And um, and then we're just encouraging people to, to let their theaters know, hey, we'd love to see this film. Aww. And we have a, a whole family cohort or a church cohort or whoever it is. Um, that can come and see it. And it's not, you know, limited to your belief system. We, we've had secular people watch the film and be very moved by the messaging of it. So it's not, yeah, it's not like for a certain audience. It's just for anybody. And it's a very beautiful family story. I love that. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's one of the reasons why I love The Chosen as well. It's like, yes, I think anybody from any culture, religion can, can watch it and feel moved by it. Right. Like I, they, I, I don't think you have to identify yourself as a Christian to watch it because it's just so totally. moving. Yes. I remember I watched the pilot and I tell the actors this all the time, Elizabeth and Jonathan, like their performance in the very the very first episode made me sob. I was mm. just in my living room. And, and every time I watched it, it ha- it's not like it was just like a one-time <laughs> thing. It happens every time. I like when Catherine to needs a good cry, she puts on the yeah. pilot of The Chosen and lets it all right. out. Let's, here we go. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I that love that. Um, well, yeah. that's a great story. It's just it's the moral of the story is never uh, take an opportunity for granted, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and I think and we can so easily, like in this industry yeah. where you're getting auditions all the time and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do it right now. I'm so tired or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. For me, yeah. it's mostly I'm so tired, but. <laughs> <laughs> always. Because always. you do a lot. You're always doing so much. It's amazing. <laughs> it's why, it's why the, the coffee people need to sponsor me. Gotta keep, <laughs> gotta keep her adrenalized. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Truly. Um, well, before we like go for, for the day, um, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about union service because you and I both yes. joined the LA board this past term. Um, so mm-hmm. that's been a fun experience, but I'd love to know like what made you want to get into union service? You know what? I, I remember in 2020, um, obviously <laughs> it's like the year that shall not be made. <laughs> yeah, no, but- truly. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I was, you know, when things got shut down, I, I had some time and I mm-hmm. finally like was able to start paying attention to what the union was doing. And I, this is something I want every actor to understand. You hear this all the time, maybe, or maybe you've never heard it, but it's this, it's the same thing everywhere, really. Like you hear it in the church as well, but mm-hmm. you are the union. Your job, life, career experience is the union. Yep. You're what makes us succeed or fail. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't get involved, 
we will not have a successful union. So what I learned in 2020 was I didn't understand anything about union, union politics, our legal system of how we accomplish things for SAG-AFTRA. And it was a big wake up call because very, very startling news reached me, which was that our, some of our seniors, I believe it was something like 8,000, mm-hmm. maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, got kicked off of our health care plan. Yep. And I think maybe the, the logical reason was, oh, well, they can rely on Medicare because they're of a certain age. They don't need to be on the health plan. Mm-hmm. But you have now just affected their health care, their doctors. It's much harder to get proper care on the Medicare system. I've, I, I also serve as a vice chair on our senior committee, and I, I have just learned so much listening to everyone's stories, what they've gone through, um, how they had to change plans or change doctors in the middle of oncology. Like These are horrific mm-hmm. stories that mm-hmm. are so, so disruptive to their life and their livelihood and their health that mm-hmm. it could affect their lives. So it's just, it was such a, a horrible story for me to hear that how these people got treated. And some of these people are the reasons, like they sacrificed their own residuals so that we would have a pension. Right. Like these people have sacrificed so much over such, such a long time for mm-hmm. our union. And then to be turned around and treated like this yeah. was really, really horrific for me to hear. So I just, I realized at that moment, I don't know who's in charge of all these things. I don't know who's making these decisions. I don't even know where to go to talk about this problem. I, I can't keep living the way I'm living because who knows what decisions are being made behind closed doors at our union that no one has any awareness of because we're all so busy acting. We're so busy on set. We're so busy doing our thing and we're just trusting. Mm -hmm. Well, the people you're trusting are your fellow actors and they need to know about your experiences in order to accomplish anything. And more than that, you know, since our merger of SAG-AFTRA, we are also staff run. So mm-hmm. we have to have good relationships with our staff so that we understand what what do they need from us in order to achieve things that are important to us? How can we help them arrive at the same conclusions that we have arrived at from our uh, eyewitness accounts of what's going on on sets and in our residual pay, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, that was a big, beautiful time of learning. And mm. I just decided, you know what, I got this email that was I like signed up, whether or not I had been signed up for the emails, I got an email that was asking if I wanted to volunteer for committee service. And I was like, that's a great idea. That seems like a great way to just get involved, learn what's going on, see how I can help. Mm-hmm. And uh, I signed up for, I thought it was like, you sign up for as many as you want, and then one will pick you. <laughs> so I applied to like everything that interested me. Oh dear. I I ended up getting selected for like eight committees that year. Oh God. (laughs) So it was like a crash course in union service. Yeah, that is. So many people. I learned from legends, like people who have been doing union service for decades Mm -hmm. or seven years or 10 years, whatever it was. Like these people are a wealth of knowledge. They have sacrificed so much time and effort for our own betterment. And it was just, it has been a privilege and a gift to learn from everybody. So that was my crash intro into the union. And then uh, obviously, you know, you and I were slated to run for the board and as delegates. And it was, uh, you know, my first time running for anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, okay, well, here we go. We're on the ride now. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's been beautiful. And there are just so many mentors um, who are on our slate with us mm-hmm. that have been so kind and helpful and just just 
education, just you have given us all an education, I think. And, yeah. and are just, you know, the people you call when you're like, Hey, I don't understand this. Can you help me understand this? And you know, how can I help? I, I saw you care a lot about this issue. How can I help you accomplish mm-hmm. something with that? So it's been a beautiful experience and it's also been a really eye-opening experience of learning, you know, we are necessary to the success of our union. We have yeah. to participate in the system. If you have any professional experience at all, even auditioning, that is a professional experience, you should be getting involved in the union. Yeah, you said it eloquently, <laughs> and I'm going to say I agree. Uh, listen to Catherine. It's it's true. It's just, um, you know, I think a lot of people see the union as something they have to join and able to work as a professional actor rather than what it is, which is a union and something yes. that's going to be there to protect you and that you need to yes. be involved in um, so that you can better it and get what mm-hmm. you need from it and get what your friends need from it. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's it's quite the eye-opening experience, but I, I, I think I'm going to be stuck with it for a while. I know. (laughs) I'm like, like, dang it. I love it. So much work that needs to be done. (laughs) Yeah. It's never going to end. No, it's never going to end. And I unfortunately am a masochist and like it. So. (laughs) Well, we, we need people like you. So thank you for everything you do. And you. And you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, well, are there any last um, projects that you want to talk about before we go that are coming out soon? Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, we... stay tuned for The Chosen 47 yep. Days with Jesus. Yep. And I have my own music I'm always working on. So that's a joy to me. And I, I post things on Instagram and TikTok. So you can follow me there. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, lots to look forward to. It's going to be a great year. And um, I foresee all of us kicking 2024's ass. That's what I'm going to say. Thank you. I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Thanks for coming on the show. It's been so fun. Thanks, Jillian. Always a joy to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Catherine for coming on the show and spending some time with me. Make sure to check out The Chosen and 47 Days with Jesus in theaters. Uh, you can see all those dates and showtimes and fun things over on her Instagram, Catherine Lidstone, or you can uh, put it in Google search or Fandango. Do people use that still? Might as well try and see. Fandango, AMC, wh- what do you do? I don't know. Uh, and you can also, you know, check things out on our Instagram. We'll be posting about all of the fun things, all of the lovely people that are on the show are doing. So check out our Instagram. You can also see some footage from this interview over there. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks. As always, thanks for coming in. Hi, listeners. This is Amy from the production team at Realm. Remember the royal wedding? Kind of hard to forget with all those hats, right? Well, what if there was a story about everyone else at the wedding? The maids, the bodyguards, the hat makers... All that royal wedding magic doesn't come from nowhere, but these other characters don't get enough time in the spotlight, in our humble opinion. So, we created a different type of royal wedding show, perfect for fans of Love Actually. Think vignettes. All of London is abuzz with anticipation of the royal wedding, from the New York paparazzi flown in to catch the money shots, to the maids at Buckingham Palace. And every one of them has their own chance at true love. But when the princess bride and her maid of honor go missing, Will love prevail? 
Royally Yours is a fun, flirty, and romantic show that intertwines five love stories that will sweep you off your feet. Be sure to listen and subscribe to Royally Yours wherever you get your podcasts, or learn more at realm.fm.